next door brother Three weekend rows of town By turning the whole place upside down Many awake will cause such a fuss It finally wakes the rest of us One man awakes with dawn in his eyes Surely then it multiplies Well, welcome back. It's so good to have you here this morning. Uh, my name is Michael. For those of you that don't know who I am, and my wife, Ali, and I, we, we are the pastors here at, at Awaken City Church, and it's so good to have you all on this morning. And I just want to um, uh, welcome you if it's your first time joining us online this morning. It is so good to have you on. And uh, I just want to say this morning, our, our series is really um, uh, targeted at, at you this morning. If, if you, maybe you're here because you're just curious or maybe you're here because you're a bit of a, a skeptic about church and, and Christianity and, and who Jesus is. And, and we, we just want to welcome you this morning. You're so welcome. And, uh, and I just want to say hello also to our Awakened Church family. It's so good to have you on this morning and uh, we are really looking forward to being able to get together in person again and uh, um, we're, we're just praying that that's going to be soon. But for now, we are able to engage online, we're able to engage in, in small groups and and uh, all of that sort of stuff. So anyway, welcome. It's so good to have you all here this morning. Now, as I said, we, uh, we're starting a new series today and uh, our, our series is... Uh, Called reunion, reunion. The good news of Jesus for skeptics, believers, and the spiritually curious. And uh, there, there was one particular time where Jesus was uh, uh, preaching, and uh, the, the the message is called the Sermon on the Mount, or he was preaching on, on the side of a mountain, and, and so it's called the Sermon on the Mount. But it says at the start that a great crowd gathered around to to hear the teaching of Jesus. And, and in that crowd, there would have been those who were skeptics. There would have been those who were just curious. And there would have been those who were, were fully engaged and saying, you know what, I, I'm all in for this Jesus guy and, I, and I'm going to follow him. And so, so this morning, I, I just want to say that the message of Jesus is for all of you. And I, I just want to say this morning that, that um, maybe, maybe you are a skeptic. And, and there's this thought that I want to um, just just suggest this morning, and, and it's something that maybe I'd, I would love you to engage in this whole series, um, but, but there's this one thought or this question I think that we should all ask, I think all of us at some point in our lives will ask this question, what am I going to do about Jesus? I, I think all of us at some stage in our life will say, I, I'm, I'm choosing to reject Jesus or I'm choosing to, uh, to follow Jesus. Or all of us will make that decision at some point in our lives. Or at least I hope that we would make an informed decision about that at some stage in our lives. It's a pretty important decision to make. Um, but what I would like to suggest this morning is that perhaps if you've rejected Jesus, perhaps the message of Jesus you've rejected is probably the same message that I would also reject. I did a little experiment this week. I put a, a bit of a Facebook ad out for a couple of days uh, with some thoughts around this. And I, it didn't take very long for me to get some pretty negative uh, comments on the Facebook ad. And, uh, and it actually confirmed my suspicions. Uh, there was sort of two groups there that were responding really negatively. One group was responding 
uh, well, well one, one particular person anyway, he, he put like a meme or like a little image of, of what he thought the gospel was, what he thought the message of Jesus was, and basically said, this is what I'm rejecting. And so my response to that is I also reject that because that's not the true message of Jesus. Uh, often what's happened is we, we've got um, ideas and pictures from pop culture um, of the message of Jesus, and, and there's a lot of people that believe that that is what we believe as followers of Jesus. And, and most often that it's an incorrect and uh, a misinformed message uh, about Jesus. And um, I often think that a lot of people view Christians as, as what's the displayed on, on programs like The Simpsons, you know, like we're not, we're not all like Ned Flanders. Um, and, and so, you know, so there's that. And then there was someone else who responded who had clearly been hurt by some Christians at some point in his life. And, and so for him, he was rejecting uh, hypocritical Christians. And, and to which uh, I would say, I'm really sorry if that's happened to you. And, and the truth is that there are a lot of, of, um, of there is a lot of hypocrisy uh, within religion. And so I'm just really thankful that Jesus did not come to start a religion called Christianity. In fact, he came to end religion. And we're going to look at that um, a little bit further along in the series. But I would just like to suggest this morning that, that uh, maybe I could represent the, the, the true message of Jesus for you over the next few weeks, or at least this morning. Um, and maybe for the spiritually curious, my prayer is that through the series that you would find what your heart has been looking for, what your heart's been longing for, that you would find it in, in the good news of Jesus. And so I invite you to engage with this series as we represent the good news of Jesus. And so for all of you, whether you're a believer or, or skeptic or spiritually curious, we're, we're going to uh, invite you also to have some questions. Um, my goal this morning would be to, to, uh, to wrap this up fairly quickly. And then if there's any questions, I want um, to answer those questions for you. Um, and so uh, if, if that's you this morning, uh, let's, let's do that. If you've got questions, there'll be a link in the comments. Uh, you can anonymously answer, uh, ask, ask those questions. And, and so whatever questions I can't answer, we're going to have Bruxy KV on at the end of the series and we'll, we'll give him all the hard questions. Um, and so if you're a believer this morning for our, our church family, for, for Awaken, um, the question I want to ask this morning, is Jesus and his way of life, is it referenced regularly in our everyday life and in our conversations? Is the good news of Jesus uh, defining the way that we live? And, and, and are we giving the gospel regularly? Are we unashamed of the good news of Jesus? And maybe if you are a little bit ashamed, uh, my question would be, what is it that you are believing about the gospel that makes you a little bit ashamed? And maybe we can help you um, clarify some of those things or actually bring some, some clarity to the good news of Jesus so that you feel confident about sharing um, the good news. And the truth is, for some of us, maybe we're just a little bit confused about what the gospel actually is. We've We've come along to church and we've seen something, we've heard something that is inviting and we're, and we're engaging with it, but, um, but sometimes there's some confusion. You know, how does the Old Testament fit? And, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, uh, my prayer is that we can, um, as we move through this, bring some clarity uh, to the gospel. And really so that we can represent him well in every, every area of our lives. And so the text that I want to have a look at this morning is Romans 10. So let me read that uh, for us this morning. 
Romans 10, it says, As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one if they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Let me pray real quickly. Father, we just thank you for your good news. We thank you for your goodness. And we thank you that that this is not just an idea or a, or a concept to believe in, but, but Father, you have sent your Son and the life of your Spirit into us so that this is something that, that has come alive in us so that we can live out the good news of the gospel and show the world uh, the, the, the Jesus way of living uh, that, that brings transformation and is restoring all things back to the original identity and purpose. We thank you that you are at work in the lives of many people right now. And we just thank you that, God, your spirit is breathing upon people this morning, wherever they are. We just thank you, God, that you're at work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I just love that, that uh, the end of that verse. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Uh, this um, this verse is, is something that's quite dear to, to me. Uh, when I was uh, younger, when I was a young youth pastor, um, uh, just sort of starting out and, and learning how to how to preach and understand how to communicate the gospel and and share the gospel. And um, and, and I must admit that that back then I had I probably I'm a lot more clearer on what the gospel is than I was back then as a as a young Christian. But um, I got invited to speak at a big uh, youth ministry, uh, one of the largest youth ministries uh, in the country at the time, and it was just near us in Nelson. I got, I got invited to preach there, and uh, I was uh, really really nervous. I I hate public speaking. Uh, I was the guy who who wagged. Uh, speeches at school. I was the guy who, who would, you know, whenever there were an opportunity to speak in front of people, I would go bright red and, and freak out. And um, I just thank, thank God for the power of his Holy Spirit that whenever I preach, um, it seems that something on the inside of me wakes up um, because I'm sharing something that excites me and, and, and I'm partnering with God in that moment. But um, um, but anyway, I got, so I got invited to preach and, and I was quite nervous. Anyway, my mum, uh, she, she was praying for me. And, and anyway, she, she wrote down this verse and, um, and then she did something that uh, I think she knew that I would love and that she bought me some new shoes. I, I love shoes. I'm a, like a, I love shoes. They're, they're my thing. I don't really care about what else I'm wearing uh, as long as I've got some nice shoes. I'm, I'm like pretty happy. And, and but anyway, so my mum bought me a new pair of shoes and she gave me this verse to remind me that, that the good news is worth sharing and how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so I put on my, I used to call them my preaching shoes and I'd, I'd keep these shoes for whenever I was preaching just to remind myself of the power of the gospel and the wonderful privilege it was to, to bring the good news. And so, so with that, um, it really sort of, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that I've carried in my heart, this, uh, the, the beautiful uh, gospel and being able to share that is just such a privilege. And so um, this morning, I want us to, to think about three ideas. And, and um, this is something I've been really looking forward to sharing. 
at the end of last year, some of you will remember the very last message I preached last year, I said, my goal is for 2020 for us to learn to, to live and to give the gospel. I, I want us to be able to communicate the gospel clearly. I want us to, us to live it in a, in a more profound way. And, and I want us to be able to, to give the gospel. And, and so, um, so this is something I've been really looking forward to. And so we're going to look at these three points this morning really quickly. Um, and then we're going to have some questions if there are any. And so, first of all, I want us to, to consider um, or ask the question, what is, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? And, and over the last sort of six months, I've asked a lot of people, well, what do you think the gospel is? What is if, if you had to describe the gospel, what would you say it is? And I've discovered that most people, as I did as a, as a, a young believer, uh, and most people focus on the response to the gospel rather than the actual gospel, the good news of Jesus. Um, and so if you've done any sort of evangelism training, you, you probably have been taught something uh, called the four spiritual laws or, or Romans road. And, and there's a number of different sort of four point summaries of the gospel. And, and these have had, they've, they've played a part um, and they've been helpful, but I have to be honest, I actually really struggle with these ideas um, because they actually often focus on what we must do to reconcile ourselves to God rather than a response to the fact that God has already reconciled us to him. Uh, they sort of focus on this idea that somehow we need to get up the mountain to God, but and the, the actual fact that the gospel is the fact that God has come down the mountain to us. Bruxy puts it like this. He says, it seems to me that each of these popular outlines share a common flaw. Although wonderful in what they do say, they are woefully fragmentary, reductionist, and incomplete. You can see that most of these summaries focus primarily on salvation from sin as the central message of the gospel. This is certainly is an important aspect of the gospel, but if you're going to be faithful to the gospel of Jesus, then you need to know and will want to share the whole message. And many of you have heard me uh, quote um, uh, E. Stanley Jones, and he said that my greatest fear for the, for the church of the future is that they will not uh, forget about the kingdom of God, but that they will in fact reduce it. And so my concern has been as a, as a pastor, as a believer, um, over the, especially the last few years, is, is, the, is this question is, have we reduced the powerful, beautiful gospel of the kingdom to just the gospel of salvation? Now, how do we get to heaven when we die? Uh, and, but that is not the full gospel. It's, it's, a, it's a gospel that, that becomes about me and how do I get what I want out of life. It becomes about me and, and how do I get to heaven when, when I die. And, and once, we, once we have, we have ticked that box, we kind of carry on with our lives. But this is not the true, full, powerful, beautiful gospel. You see, the gospel of the kingdom uh, so you see, Jesus told us to preach the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of salvation. So when Jesus started proclaiming the gospel, he put it this way. He said, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And you'll find that all through the gospels. Um, and, and see, he, he says, repent and believe as a response to the gospel, as a response to the message of Jesus. So for Jesus, the gospel was not so much about how we can go to heaven when we die, but about the good news of the kingdom of God coming to us now. And this was the same focus for the apostles all through the book of Acts. 
you'll see this. And, and at, the, at the end of the book of Acts, uh, it says this, For two whole years Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all those who came to see him, and he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And you'll find that message all through the book of Acts. See, the kingdom of God coming to earth and the ministry of Jesus passed on to his church. This is central to the gospel. It means that this gospel changes how we live right here, right now, and giving us a new way to live in this world as citizens of a different country, with a different culture, a different nature, a different calling, being ambassadors on behalf of this Jesus nation to our earthly nations. That's the good news of the kingdom. In the book, Reunion, Bruxy gives us the gospel in one word, in three words, and in 30 words. And the gospel in one word is, is Jesus. This is centrally about Jesus. And the gospel in three words is, is Jesus is Lord. This was the creed of the early church. Jesus is Lord. And, and so for them to say Jesus is Lord means that Caesar is not. It was a, a, a bold declaration that they had made Jesus Lord of their lives. And, and actually for them in those days actually potentially meant death, that they would say Caesar is not Lord, but Jesus is Lord. It's this powerful declaration. And the gospel in 30 words, I'm going to read that out for you right now. So the gospel in 30 words, listen to this. Jesus is God with us. Come to show us God's love, save us from sin, Set up God's kingdom and shut down religion so we can share in God's life. So the first part of that is the ground of the gospel, that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. So everything that follows is rooted in this world-changing fact that God came to us. That this is not about us getting up the mountain to try and please God, but the fact that God came down the mountain to us. He came into our broken story, into our broken humanity, and took on our broken humanity, not so that he could he would condemn humanity, but so that he could redeem humanity. And, and it says that Jesus is the first in line of a restored humanity, that, that as we follow Jesus, we are, we are learning what it, what it means to become more and more human as our lives have been restored and, and redeemed as we follow him and learn this Jesus way of life, that he's the first in line of a redeemed humanity. The second part of, of, of the gospel in 30 words is the gifts of the gospel. That, and these are four things that Jesus has accomplished on our behalf for, for our good and for God's glory. And, and he's showing us God's love. He's revealing the heart of the Father to us. He's saving us from sin, setting up his kingdom and shutting down religion. The Apostle John summarizes these four qualities of the gospel message in, in, in the prayer of worship, which is in Revelation 1, verse 5 to 6. It says this, To whom he loves, sorry, to, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. See, third is the goal of the gospel. God's goal is to share his life with us. God draws us into his very own love life now and forever. 
See, this is not just about what happens when we die, but this is about the good news of Jesus changing us, transforming us now so that we can go out and be ambassadors and, and see the goodness and the kingdom of God come into the earth, restoring all things back to their original identity and purpose. So this is the gospel of the kingdom. So I want to take a moment now uh, uh, to just we're going to watch a short video of Bruxy uh, sharing the gospel in chairs. And so um, hopefully we're ready to go with that, obviously, through the wonders of technology. I am hoping that uh, Logan in another location can load up a video for us, and uh, hopefully we are good to go. So in three, two, ooh, two. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brexy Cavey, and this week it is my privilege to be sharing thoughts from my new book, Reunion, The Good News of Jesus for Seekers, Saints, and Sinners. You know, there is a couple of different ways that people emphasize their telling of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and, and one of them puts the emphasis on God's holiness, his justice, his wrath, and how we are saved from that wrath, and the other puts an emphasis on God's mercy, kindness, and love, and how he has always been pursuing us from the beginning, and there are elements of truth in both, but we can put an emphasis in two different ways as we tell the gospel. Let me illustrate by what's called the gospel in chairs. I'm going to walk through the gospel presentation twice. You see if you notice the difference. Here we go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the pinnacle of his creation was us, humankind, made in his image and in his likeness, and he made us like himself. That is, he made us to love as he is love for face-to-face -face relationship. But love is a choice, and we chose to turn our back on him and go our own way. And when we chose the way of sin, God, because he is a righteous and holy judge, turned his back on us because he cannot look upon sin in his holiness. But because he is love, he sent Jesus to come and become one of us. And Jesus lived among us, taught us of God's love and his holiness, and then finally died on the cross. And God turned his back on Jesus. And Jesus took the wrath of God, the separation between us and God upon himself. And then when Jesus rose from the dead through the cross, God had vented his wrath. And now God's heart was changed towards us. And if we would change our heart towards God, we will be in reconciliation with him. There's the gospel round one. Let's try it one more time. Slightly different emphasis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he created humankind in his image and in his likeness for relationship with himself. But love is a choice, and we chose to turn our backs on God. And when we turned our backs on God, God decided to pursue us. He came after us in the garden, walking and talking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He pursued Cain after he had killed his brother Abel. And he pursued Israel and we turned our backs on him and he would come and say, but I will give you laws then to protect you from killing yourselves and destroying yourselves. And we said, no, we preferred the golden calf. And he came after us. He pursued us and gave us prophets and teachers. And we said, no. And so he came again and again pursuing us until finally he came himself in the form of Jesus. He took on our flesh and on the cross, we wrathed against him. We poured out our anger and our fury on Christ. And where was God in all of this? Second Corinthians 5 says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And he rose from the dead, having demonstrated God's heart of love. And he invites us to repent 
to change our hearts and our disposition. And God is ready for a relationship with us. And when we repent, when we turn to God, knowing that he has always been pursuing us, it doesn't stop there. The good news is, through Jesus, God is not only God with us, Emmanuel, but he sends this Holy Spirit to be not only God with us, but God within us in complete intimacy and union with us. This is the offer that our maker makes us. This is the good news of Jesus for seekers, saints, and sinners. Oh, great. I, I hope that was helpful for some of you. I just think that's such a great uh, illustration of, of just um, maybe how, how we can misunderstand the, the message of the gospel. And, and maybe it's uh, through watching that you've gone, oh, this is better than I ever thought. That, that God pursues us. He is, he is coming after you. He wants your heart. He's always been for you. He's always been after you. And so I, I just uh, really love that illustration. So that's the first one, learn the gospel. We're, we're going we're gonna to cut through the other two fairly quickly. Uh, the next one is to live the gospel. Um, in the beginning, in Genesis, it says that we are made in the image of God, the image and likeness of God, the image of God. And so this idea is, is more than just uh, that we, um, it's not saying that, that God has a nose and a mouth and, and we look like him. There's actually a verb. It's actually this idea that we are images of God, that we are uh, representatives of God, that we carry his his nature, it's about nature uh, more so than, than that we look like God. It's, so, so this idea that we are images of God, that we are ambassadors of a new way of living, thinking, and acting in our world. And so as, as we grasp um, a fuller expression of the gospel, it moves us from being me-centered to others-centered. Uh, now, an others-centered life Mean, it actually starts to bring meaning and purpose to why we are alive. Are alive. It means brings meaning and purpose to our own lives. And, and so it actually brings us into a partnership with God to see all things restored to their original identity and purpose. You see, your, your original identity and purpose is to be an imager of God, to be a royal representative of, of the nature of, and the goodness of God. See, so to repent and believe the gospel means that we, we change the way that we think about God and about ourselves and about others, and, and we trust that the others-centered, peacemaking, what life's, uh, sorry, self-sacrificing way of Jesus is the best and most life-giving way to live in this world. See, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, in a, in a me-centered perspective of the gospel, we would say, oh, I'm so, I'm so glad that, that when I mourn, I'm going to be comforted. And whilst that is true, when we get a fuller grasp of the gospel and realize that this is not just about me, but about an other-centered way of living, we go, oh, my goodness, I now get to partner with God to comfort those who mourn. This is not just about me being blessed, but this is about me being a blessing, partnering with the power of the Holy Spirit to bless others and discovering that when we live an others-centered life, that we are actually discovering what true life is all about. That this Jesus way of life is the most life-giving way that we can live in our world. So when the gospel is transforming us, this goes from something that's been done to us to something that we are doing to others in partnership with God. 
So the gospel is not just something we receive, but something we live and something we give. And I'm, I'm convinced that we don't truly receive something until we're willing to give it away. See, Jesus describes this as a river of living water, not a lake, not a dam. See, the more we give, the more we receive. The more joy we give, the more joy we receive. The more peace we give, the more peace we receive. The more love we give, the more love we receive. It's this continual flow of the kingdom of God flowing in and through us, in and through us. There's this great quote that, that many people have uh, quoted over, over the years, um, and, it, and it's this, and it's attributed to Francis of Assisi. It's this, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Now, I understand the sentiment of, of this um, uh, a quote, uh, but there's uh, a couple of big problems with it. The first problem is that Francis of Assisi actually never said this, and the second problem with this is that the, that it, it, the, the good news of the gospel is a message that needs to be communicated. Uh, let me explain it like this. The gospel is both a life lived and then an explanation for this way of life. So it's both a life lived and an explanation for this way of life. But when we are following Jesus, our lives should actually look a little abnormal. When we choose forgiveness over holding a grudge, when we choose mercy over judgment, when we live as peacemakers in a chaotic world, when we choose to be on the side of the downtrodden and the scorned, when we choose generosity over selfishness, when we, when we choose to live out the Jesus way of life, our lives will demand an explanation. And so it's both a life lived and an explanation for the way we are living. See, the gospel should disrupt the systems and categories of the world. And when it does, we need an explanation. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that uh, if anyone forces you to go a mile, go with them two miles. Now, that seems like an odd sort of an idea for us. What is he talking about? But in those days, uh, for, the, for the Jews, they, they were uh, living under a, a Roman rule. They were slaves in a, in a foreign land. And uh, they... In, in those days, a Roman soldier could make you carry all of his gear for a mile. And, and so Jesus is saying to these, to these Jewish people, this Jewish audience, he's saying, listen, if a Roman soldier makes you carry his gear for a mile, do it for a mile and then do it for another mile. Now, what's Jesus saying? He, he's, he's actually giving them an opportunity to live a different way, for, for an opportunity to disrupt the systems of the world and, and invite them into uh, a new way of living, thinking, and acting so that that would demand an explanation. If you can imagine a Roman soldier saying to a Jew, you need to carry my stuff, and, and a Jew picking it up and carrying it for a mile and then saying, actually, I'm going to carry it for another mile. And the Roman soldier would be going, what, why are you doing that? And, and so imagine that for, for the first mile, this, this person is doing it uh, for slavery, and the second mile, he's doing it for freedom. He's disrupting the systems, and now he has an opportunity to explain to a Roman soldier whose systems and categories have just been disrupted, actually explain a, a new way of living, thinking, and acting that's other-centered rather than self-centered. And so Jesus is inviting us into this new way of life. And so the last idea here is to give, to tell people the good news. See, we should be ready for an explanation for our faith. 
an explanation for our faith. This is not just an explanation for what we believe, but an explanation for why we live the way we live. And are our lives lived in such a way that they demand an explanation? See, this is what it means to live the gospel, to give the gospel. In Romans 1 verse 16, just as I bring this to a close, Romans 1 verse 16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. In another translation, it says it like this, It's news I'm most proud to proclaim. This extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts him, starting with Jews and then right on to everyone else. God's way of putting people right shows up in the acts of faith, confirming what scripture has said all along. The person in right standing before God by trusting him really lives. You see, when it comes to sharing the gospel and giving the gospel, our trust is not in our own ability to eloquently share the gospel, but in the fact that the gospel itself has power. See, the gospel itself has power. It is the power of God to bring salvation. And so in these moments where someone's asking for an explanation and we might have an opportunity to talk about Jesus, we must trust that it is not in our ability to convince them, but it's that the gospel, the good news of Jesus itself has power. Imagine it like this, as I bring this to a close this morning. Uh, imagine I had a pepper, a hot pepper, you know, and... and and, you know, imagine for a moment the person who first saw a pepper. I mean, can you imagine, like, the first time someone saw a pepper and they're like, oh, this looks looks innocent, it looks kind of, you know, just boring, it's just, uh, you know, there's not much to it, it's green or it's red or whatever, you know, it's just this, this pepper. And, and, you know, you might even pick up the pepper and feel it and, and there's not much to it, it's kind of innocent looking. Until you actually bite into that pepper, and experience its power and its hotness, that it is un- not until you actually do that that you experience what is inside the pepper. And, and, and you know, think about the gospel like that. You might, ha- you might uh, see someone living a different way. You might, you might hear about Jesus and you just go, oh, yeah, well, that's for them or, you know, whatever. Um, it, it's, it's not really powerful or, you know, there's nothing to this. I want to encourage you this morning. Why don't you take a bite? I encourage you this morning, take a bite. Why don't you see if this gospel really has power? And, and, you know, when it comes to this question of what are we going to do about Jesus, I think that we should truly take a bite before we actually make our decision to either reject Jesus or follow Jesus. And so this morning, I encourage you over the next few weeks, why don't you continue to engage, continue to take a bite and see if there is anything to this. And I tell you what, I spent a good portion of my life saying to God, if you're really real, I'll give you my life. And I made a decision to continue biting the pepper until I was satisfied that this was either real or it was a load of hogwash. And I can tell you right now, I bit the pepper and the pepper burned me so bad that I gave my life to Jesus 
but burned me in a good way in the sense that my whole life came alive. I realized why I'm here, restored my identity, restored my purpose in life, and I discovered the kingdom of God right here, right now, and the power of God that brings salvation, that's restoring people's lives right now. So I want to invite you to take a bite. And maybe you're here this morning and saying, I'd like to take a bite. Maybe you can drop a comment and say, I'd like to take a bite. We'd love to connect with you during the week and just help you a little bit with some questions that you might have. And just a reminder that there is uh, the questions. There are no questions come through this week. So, But if you, uh, you can, we'll leave that link. You can comment anytime. They'll pop up during the week as well. And we can answer them next week or, or leave them for Bruxy. But I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to pray. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we've got some more praise and worship right now that we're going to uh, head into. So you're welcome to hang around there or uh, welcome to join us in the cafe on Zoom. There'll be some links for that as well. But um, let me pray. And I'm really looking forward to continuing this um, series. If you're wanting to jump in and dive a little bit deeper, we have an online Zoom group on Tuesday nights where we're working through a study guide that goes along with the book Reunion and we're unpacking this a little bit deeper. And so if that's you, um, drop a comment or message us or, or just say I'd like to join that and you can jump in and be a part of that. Uh, we'd love to have you along. Even if you're a skeptic, we'd love your questions. Um, or if you're spiritually curious, that's a definitely a great place for you to connect in and, and dive a little bit deeper. Uh, let me pray. Father, we just thank you for such an opportunity as this to, to uh, share the good news of Jesus, and, and we thank you that, that what, for what you have done on our behalf. We thank you that, that the good news of Jesus is not about us uh, getting up the mountain, trying to achieve some sort of, of, of achievement towards you, but we thank you that the good news of Jesus is the fact that you are God, Emmanuel, God with us, that you came to us, that you have come and you are restoring humanity, that you are restoring all things back to the original identity and purpose. I thank you that this message of reunion, that, that heaven and earth are, are being reunited and that, that our relationship with you is being reunited, that, that this is the good news of the kingdom of God and that this is good news for everybody, that this is the most exciting and powerful way to live and, and that we just want to share this good news to everyone around us and Father, I just pray for, for, uh, for believers right now. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you empower us to live a different way with the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, uh, live our lives in such a way that, that demands an explanation. And we thank you for what you're doing. We just thank you that you are uh, working right now in the hearts of every person. And we just bless you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Have a great week, everybody, and I'm looking forward to next week. Otherwise, we'll see you somewhere online or, or out there in the big wide world of Level 2. Uh, we're looking forward to gathering again, but uh, have a great week, and we'll see you again soon. See you later.